Hello, and welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. I am your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your other host, Soli Hommel. And we're going to take you through 31 scary movies through the month of October, like we do every year. But for the first time this year, we're going to do it entirely in audio format. We like to mix it up every year. One thing you need to be aware of is that we will be employing a truly ghoulish number of spoilers throughout all of these reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie we're reviewing, maybe don't listen to our podcast until you do. We highly recommend you check them out and watch along with us. It's going to be fun for everybody. I mean, how could it not be? So if you're ready and you've watched the movie, please step inside our lair and let's begin. June is a 2015 movie that we watched on Amazon Prime. It is not rated... It's 84 minutes long, and it got a 4.2 on IMDb. Lots of other critics did not rate it, but uh, the tom- tomato Rotten Tomatoes audience gave it a 21%. So oh, that's not great. It's slightly higher than the Levenger tapes, and that's it. So why don't you tell them a little bit about what it's about? Uh, I'll just say it's a movie about a girl who's possessed by a demon. She moves through foster homes. She ends up with the family, and, like, will they, won't they survive? Because, you know, she's a demon. That's basically it. Soli picked this movie, and uh, I would like to know what she was thinking. Yeah, so I picked this movie after um, scrolling through a bunch of different movies. There were a lot that seemed very interesting, and we had talked uh, about some of the different like boxes we haven't ticked yet this year or this month and obviously it's early on so there are a lot of them but you know we were talking about the different like types of horror movies that we usually see and one of the ones that came up that uh, we have not seen yet is the creepy kid so uh when i saw this one I was intrigued, and then I closed my eyes and randomly scrolled through the Amazon Prime (laughs) recommendations, and it landed on this one, and I went with it. So then, how did this movie begin? What's our first shot? Um, So I'm looking at my notes, and I'm honestly not remembering which came first, the first line or the first shot. I know. Which one was it? It was a completely black screen while they had some talking, and then it went to a first shot. So first line came first. It was long. It was... This all happened because of what we believed. That there was a savior. And that savior was a child. A child with two souls. One pure and innocent. The other dark and powerful. So... Yeah, long, long. We had to go back and listen to it multiple times in order for me to write it all down. I don't know why I do that since I don't read it and we just use the (laughs) audio clip anyway. After that, though, the first shot was of two ducks on a pond, although later it became fairly evident that you don't know the difference between ducks and geese. Uh, You were looking (laughs) at the screen, too. I wasn't. I didn't get to see it either time. Because I was also looking at my okay. notes. I feel like my ability to discern ducks from geese is a better situation than your inability to even watch the movie you're watching. I was writing down the ridiculously long first line. Anyway, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it was two geese on a pond. I think so, because later in the movie there was a subtitle that said geese squawking. 
Yes. So really though, it was interesting because there were a series of shots after the duck geese where there was a girl getting bullied right. and being interspersed with these like nature shots that were kind of artsy and like, you know, the the flower blooming in, in what do they call the high speed yeah. footage and whatever. But throughout these these kind of interspersed images, we see this bullied girl being picked on and then standing up and then like lighting her whole neighborhood on fire with her brain. Yeah, and that's interesting because was that just cut footage? Was that supposed to be in the movie? No, I think that was how she ended up at the foster oh, that home that her, we first saw her in with her the previous. with the exotic dancing lady and the um I don't know, the guy who wore the wife beater. I wonder why he wore that. Right. Um anyway, yeah, I think that was her previous place and she had one of her accidents yes that it knocks down everybody in like a 20 foot radius from her Mm -hmm. um it actually looked much more exciting than the accidents we got to see it did there was a lot of fire Uh uh-huh yeah so in fact i even said like it, it it really strongly reminded me of the ending scenes of carrie yeah where she is just decimating laying waste to this town that has treated her so badly for so long. So anyway, it does that, and then it goes back, and we we get this, like, uh, flashback shot. Yeah, which looks like, I said, oh, this is a period piece, because it's this uh, backwoods cult who's trying to sacrifice June, but turns out it's not a period piece. They're just people who live simply. Right. I'm pretty sure they spend a lot of time on Etsy, too. That was, like, (laughs) the best decorated uh, infant sacrifice I've ever seen. Yeah, and I know that you see a lot of those, so that's (laughs) that's really saying something. No, I I actually, like, every time we had shots of that thing, (laughs) and even later when they were doing it again, spoilers, they have all these, like, really nice, like, paper... Uh, lanterns yeah. and everything has wicker and it, it really I mean it, it could have doubled as a wedding set. There was a certain period piece-itude to this whole movie though because nobody had a cell phone. They were always using landlines and I kept finding that weird. Interesting. I mean do you think it okay I stand by what I said to you on our walk the other day which is things that take place in the 80s cannot be considered period pieces. I don't know if that's true. I know because that makes me feel old. That's a good reason. Do you think that this took place in like the 80s or 90s? It might have been in the 90s. I had this this thought this morning that maybe this is a movie that got made in the 90s and was never released until 2015. So those costumes were authentic. An interesting (laughs) concept there, but uh, it's not that likely. Probably not. But when I think about the clothing and... It definitely is reminiscent of my childhood. I mean, not the redneckiness of it, but the just... The psychic powers. Right, right. The lighting people... Well, she didn't light people on fire, but no, the, you know, knocking people down with your brain. Okay, so she. you mentioned she's in foster care, and um, I mentioned her accidents, and that's what her social worker, Victor, calls them. And one of my notes, I really was fascinated by Victor at the very beginning. I, I made the note... I think I like the social worker. He's probably evil, but he's good with kids. <laughs> like, like he really, that character was was written really well at the beginning. He came across as a very authentically caring person in the social work field. And it seemed like he really 
understood June, understood the concerns of, you know, the kids like June, yeah. and was really going to do his best to take care of her. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, that gets to one of my issues with this movie. A weird thing about this movie, I don't even know if it's wrong exactly, it's just that starting right from the beginning, you know, the first scene is the sacrifice, and then it goes to the CPS situation where uh, he's going into this house to, to, to check on her, but we already know that he's part of the cult. Like, I think there was a phone call or something where he's like, yeah, we know she's the vessel and we're going to go check on her and make sure stuff is cool. So Did that happen that early? I thought he definitely was on a phone call at the beginning, but it seemed like that was the point where I wrote these, like I was writing the notes. I'm like, okay, that phone call could be, he could be talking to somebody evil, but it also could be that he's just talking to his boss or something for the first one. And then the second one, I was like, oh, yeah. But maybe I'm misremembering it. I I thought it was, but the, the, the issue I had is that from the beginning, there's no mystery to the movie at all. We know who she is, who's after her, who she's involved with. It's it's weirdly, it's almost makes it an action movie instead of, not that there's much action, but instead of a horror movie because there's no mystery to it. You know, it's just, right. it's just who's going to get the girl, basically. Well, and the, the mystery around Air, A-E-R, the mm-hmm. demon, there's no mystery there either because we know that, like, we saw the, the ritual, we saw them yeah. trying to, like, insert this demon into this baby. And I think they tried to make it suspenseful a little bit in that they didn't in they didn't overtly reveal that Lily, the mom at the nice house that she goes to after the redneck house, yeah, um, that Lily was connected with the initial ritual. Well, and I hadn't don't know if I wrote it down, but I kept thinking about that because I totally realized she was the girl who had taken the baby away from the first ritual, but I had such a hard time with it because either. Like, they, they they failed. It was right in the middle of the road. It was too easy to figure out for it to be a twist. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't even sure that it was meant to be a twist. I think maybe they just explained it poorly. Because they really did never explained it. it. You just kind of figured it out real right. easily. I sort of felt like we had an, a leg up in figuring it out. Because we watch our movies with subtitles on. Oh. And that first line, yeah. it said, Lily. Lily is saying this, and I was like, well, I don't know who Lily is, but apparently she's <laughs> going to show up later. And then Lily was the mom, and I was like, oh, so she was that yeah, lady. Yeah, I like, wonder if that was a spoiler. Yeah. Hmm. But really, it wasn't that secret. Like, I had, I mean, if, if that was supposed to be a twist, it was a pretty yeah. obvious well, and one. And you could have recognized her voice because it was her voice. Sure. But then when June finds the pendant, like the, yeah. you know, that necklace that has the you know sigil that she was wearing like that i felt like that was supposed to be a oh moment but i already knew it did kind of help me understand better why dave was having such a hard time with this situation and lily was like no she's just a troubled kid like lily knew (laughs) where june had started and dave didn't and dave was just like she threw a plate at my head on the first night she was here. Like, I think this is going to be harder than we expected. Yeah. Or the 20th night or the 90th night. It was all weird. It was another one of those movies 
like which one did I say this about? Levenger tapes? I don't know. I feel like a lot of them actually have been this way. Where time is passing in a weird way. Like that they're mm-hmm. that they could have indicated in some way, you know, changed June's clothes or something and had a little montage and it'd be like, oh, we're months later. Except they kinda did have that montage and then they're like so it's been three days, and we're like, wait, what? <laughs> right. I totally thought it had been months because it was kind of montage Yeah. But apparently that was just everything they did that, <laughs> that day. was the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know why these movies keep being filmed in real time. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty strange. I guess it kind of helped me remember, too, or realize, too, why Lily was so intense with June right off the bat. She's like, you know, this traumatized kid comes in, and you would think as a foster parent, they would have been told, like, she might be a little standoffish, yeah. maybe give her some space. Nope, Lily was all right up in her face and, like, hugging on her and touching her hair and, yeah. oh, do you want to call me mom or mommy? And I'm like, whoa, whoa. lady, back up. Yeah, that was that was a little too much. And the dad was also doing a little too much with his camera. He was just, like, <laughs> in her face taking pictures constantly. Yeah. They really felt the need to beat us over the head with the whole, this guy's a photographer. Yeah. I guess I know some photographers, and they do take a lot of pictures. And then there was the one moment where he's taking pictures where both of us were like, wait, what is happening? Yeah. It looked a little... He was sneaking around behind, like, the clothesline and stuff and taking the pictures, and it just it looked like he was... You know, sneaking up on a little girl trying to take pictures of her. It did not look appropriate, even though it it made sense. It was just presented strangely. Right. I think it was supposed to be showing that that he was, like, trying to get artistic shots of his family and whatever. Which I understand. But it did come across a little stalkery. Yeah. I guess. In the course of those three days, three months, whatever, she ends up going to school. Yeah, not for long. And maybe because I have so much experience with kids and I am a teacher and particularly like late elementary school is my area of expertise, but that classroom, so she's nine, it clearly states that she's nine, which means she should be in fourth grade. Okay. Just so you know that, roughly. The teacher was teaching very clearly third grade curriculum. (laughs) Maybe they've changed that since you taught. I, maybe, I don't know what state Kids she's in, so maybe it's different. Dumber. Maybe it's different because it was in the 80s. That is a very Ooh. valid thing because they have definitely pushed curriculum. Anyway, it felt like third grade curriculum to what was supposed to be a fourth grader. And then they're like panning around the room in this room full of kids who were a little step 40. Like yeah. very still and wide eyed and silent. And several of them looked like they were at least 12. Yeah, there was so, a variety. third grade curriculum in a fourth grade class filled with sixth graders. Yeah, and my theory of that was that this was the special class only for possessed kids. And when, you've, when, you're, when you're doing it for possessed kids, there aren't that many of them, so you kind of have to combine grades. That's just how it works. Like the one-room schoolhouse. Yeah, same Again, idea. period piece. It's a period piece. <laughs> this is a period piece. Speaking of period piece. <laughs> oh, no. And her first day of fourth grade, as the teacher is teaching, June is asked to come up to point to something on the projector, which also first day of school, traumatized kid, way too much pressure to put on them. Yeah. You don't call the new kid up to the front of the room like that. No, no, no. Anyway, calls her up there. She, like, walks as slow as humanly possible. 
And we see that she's covered in blood. Like, not a little bit of blood, not like a blood spot. Like, her entire dress, front and back, is soaked through. And she has blood running down her leg. And when she turns around, she's got blood running out of her nose. That was the part I found weird. Which obviously (laughs) means that this nine-year-old just got her period for the first time. Which is what the movie expected us to believe. Yeah, that's what everyone decided. And I don't know if they were wrong and it was some evil demon thing or if that was really it. I sort of feel it was really it because then, like, it makes sense that, you know, she's going through puberty and then, you know, the demon, like, this is when the demon Mm -hmm. becomes most powerful or whatever. Like, that's a trope that I could understand. But everybody is like, this girl is hemorrhaging blood from all directions. And clearly this is just her first period. That's my personal connection for the movie. Because as a woman who once was a girl getting her first period, (laughs) that is not how it happens. So you're personally disconnected from that. Right. And I sort of want to like point out to any men or or boys who might be watching this movie, that's not what it's like. I don't know. I don't need to go into any more details, but it really like yanked me out of the movie. Yeah. Because that sort of like it looked like she had an aortic wound. Like she needed to be in the hospital. So I talked about my personal connection. What was your personal connection to this movie? I thought about you know, what what my personal connection was. I've never been possessed. I've never adopted someone. You're not a girl. You've never had your I'm first period. I'm not a girl who's had any <laughs> periods. So this was kind of outside my wheelhouse. But one thing came to mind, and it's basically just a little anecdote. Um, one time, I was at Universal Studios theme park and just hanging out, sitting at a bench near the water area where kids, you know, splash around in the water. To be clear, you were there with your sister and her children. Yes. So there was a reason for you to be there. Yeah. I, okay. I'm not the problem in this story. <laughs> but there was a guy there who was basically following a specific little girl around who was splashing around in the water, taking pictures of her with his camera. And my sister and I were just watching this going, what's happening here? And over time, we realized he had nothing to do with her. He was not in her family or anything. And someone came over and talked to him, and he walked away after that. So that was a weird, creepy thing. And that's what the uh, the dad in this movie taking his photos reminded me of. So Yeah, I can see the connection there, for sure. Yeah. So here's our other PSA for the, uh, the review of June. Like, A, don't take creepy pictures of little girls in public spaces and b if you see someone taking pictures of little girls in public spaces maybe keep an eye on that person yeah it's not great no maybe on a more positive note hopefully do you have a favorite line from this movie i i don't i tried i tried to pay attention and be like is that the good one nothing i i don't know maybe this is the time for me to get into this my issue with this movie beginning to end is milk toast this movie went nowhere had nothing going on it was so bland and so weak like never did it spice up and hit me and that was the weirdest thing is like it's this movie about a possessed girl and even the the little synopsis the written one on amazon said how the girl has to fight off the demon inside her or all those around her are going to die. Oh, yeah, it says to save herself and 
in the family. No, and, and the world or something like that. And humanity or... Well, and that, that was the plot. In right. theory, the demon was going to kill the entire world, is what they kept saying. Didn't happen. Right, because it, it turns <laughs> out, like, way toward the end, I suddenly ha- they, they suddenly said enough that I was like, oh, this is an environmentalist horror movie. Which Kinda, is yeah. Which is a, a fairly common thing, actually. Like, yeah. lots of times, it's humans are destroying the earth and the earth is getting back at us. Yeah, and that's kind of what she was planning, was she was going to wipe out all the humans and let the earth survive. And the cult guys even said, like... We're the custodians of the earth. We right, have to that was make sure whole, this happens. Yeah, that was their whole point, was yeah. to make sure this demon could come in and protect the earth. So that all sounds huge and apocalyptic, but what happened in the movie, basically, if you go through it, is they adopted a kid. She sat around and looked real sad and bored, and she made a pot or two fly, and then she got ritualized again, and her dad fell over because he got hit by lightning, and then she ran away with her mom. And that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing about, I'm scribbling out this picture of my dad, and then you're going to die first, dad. I keep calling him dad. She didn't because she mm-hmm. was very new to him. Dave. Yeah, Dave. You're going to die first, Dave. You're not my real dad. <laughs> and then and then he did die first, but he just, I mean, like, lightning hit him and he fell over, which... You would die if lightning hit you most of the time. But it's just like, whatever. He fell over. It's so uninteresting. I don't know. And it was never clear. Like, in the flashing scenes at the very beginning, I was like, oh my god, she murdered everyone in this neighborhood. Yeah, those looked exciting. And then at the barbecue, apparently nobody (laughs) died. They all just fell down. Yeah. And then at the end, I was like, so I don't know. Like, did they all just fall down? Or did she kill them all? There was no I, proof that anyone died there. No. But it was like a very PG horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably was. Interesting. Yeah. Well, what I... My note was Lifetime movie. Everything about it, I mean, if, except for the fact that it's about a possessed girl, looked and felt like a Lifetime Channel movie. You're totally right. Yes! I totally agree with that. And my favorite line is part <gasps> of... The part of that feel of it, I think. Yeah. So there's a point where the girl gets upset. I don't remember what she's mad about, but she runs into the bedroom and Dave runs in behind her and the door slams and then there's lots of shouting and noise. Yeah. And Lily opens the door and the room is destroyed. Uh And Lily's sitting on the floor and Dave is like standing there, you know, stunned. And Lily's, the first things out of Lily's mouth are, Dave! What did you do? Yeah. And this was after, like, like she had already seen the girl, like, throw the plate and, like, destroy the kitchen, I think. Yeah, like, she made, like, everything in the kitchen levitate and then smash and then, to the ground. Yes. So it was, like, there was already evidence that stuff was going down. And later we realize fully she that she totally knows what's going on with this girl. So yeah. she walks into the bedroom and immediately accuses her husband of, like, hitting June and, and like, smashing the whole room. Right, destroying the whole room in the course of like a second. It was just so like again, like kind of trying to evoke that like, ooh, mm-hmm. scary guys and are dangerous around girls. And Dave was totally not that guy. Yeah, that 
reminds me of a different scene. You know, there was there's a moment in the middle of the movie where Dave goes out, sneaks out to a phone booth. Again, no cell phones. Sneaks out to a phone right. booth, makes a call to the CPS guy and is like, hey, how quickly could you take this kid away from us? Because she kind of sucks. And <laughs> the CPS guy immediately was like, oh, we can get her away from you immediately and hangs up on him. And I feel like what they were doing there was actually setting up uh, like a expectations so that later when the CPS guy does come up and actually kidnap the girl, like that's the connection. Like, oh no, the dad then feels this guilt and pressure. Like I made this happen by suggesting he should take her. But that isn't really how it felt at all. But I'm no. thinking that's what they were trying to do. Maybe. Maybe. And that's kind of the same thing with the uh, did you hit her business. Is almost like they were trying to set up this difficult situation where he's he's accused by his wife. And that's conflict between them. Right. When Which would have been super yeah, lifetimey. And it doesn't make any sense. But they made a point at the beginning of the movie of showing how strong this relationship was between Lily and Dave. Like, that they have this really great marriage and they really love each other. And, like, that was a thing, right? Four days into having this girl in their house, she's accusing Dave of doing terrible things and then kicks him out of the house. Like, she's like, well, if you can't handle this stranger who's just come into our house, (laughs) then I need you to leave. Like, that's... And I sort of feel like the way it's done... We're supposed to be like, yeah, this poor girl. How dare you, Dave? But there was definitely part of me that was like, whoa, Dave, I get it. Like, she destroyed your kitchen. She's, (laughs) you know, levitates things. She made the rain stop. Like, she's a little scary. I understand how you feel. And he got kicked out. And so I was all shocked. I'm like, what is... I mean, Lily is super fickle, right? But then she does a little voiceover about how... She, she did didn't want purpose. it to happen that way, but she didn't want him to get hurt. Yeah. So she kicked him out of the house pretending she was mad at him when really she was trying to get him out of the way so that she could fight this demon and these evil CPS people. Yeah. And and to be clear, that it wasn't actually CPS. They called them like <laughs> yeah. Department of Family Services or something. It was yeah. DFS or something like that. And that seems like another one in that line of things where I feel like they didn't present it right. Like, we never got this feel from her that she was secretly making this stuff work out with the girl and faking things to make it happen. Mm -hmm. It was all, everything was just not quite presented clearly. Or sometimes was presented too clearly to be suspenseful. I don't know. I kind of got the feeling that she felt really guilty about how she hadn't saved Like, she hadn't been able to save the baby, which is putting a lot of pressure on herself because she did save the baby, sort of, at the beginning. (laughs) And she got the baby and took her out of the ritual area after everybody fell down and whatever. And But the cops came and took her away because she was an infant and didn't belong to her. Like, the system got involved. The system. But I, I really feel like she was kind of overlooking a lot of things out of guilt and like like that she feels like she owes it to june to protect her and that follows all the way to the very end because the end the movie ends with her once again like putting june over like she knows that june is going to destroy the world and that this demon 
has actually entered this girl and yeah. is going to destroy the world. And she's just like, well, we just have to go somewhere where there are no people. It, yeah. Obviously, that's the solution. To a different world. This world Something? is going to be destroyed. I, I, I think, though, but I, I'm not sure that's what happened at the end because, I mean, they did kind of break the ritual and the little girl was like, I fixed it. I got rid of her, which, whatever. Did no, she you say didn't. that at the end? I thought she I, said that earlier. Well, yeah, she did say that Before earlier the ritual. when she drowned herself in the tub, which was weird. Oh, which that should have been a fun twist because, okay, so the girl kind of drowns herself in the tub, sort of. She just goes underwater mm-hmm. and holds her breath and then stops holding her breath. And, and then she thinks everything's fine. And then she's okay. Mm-hmm. But what if, when she came out of that, she said, I got rid of her. It's okay now. She got rid of the girl who's dead. Ooh. And now she's just a demon. See, we always come up with interesting things that would have made the movie better. Yeah, but that definitely is not no. what happened because it wasn't like that at all. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. But then, yeah. I'm, but I mean, what I'm saying is at the end, it's not clear that she is now evil and capable of destroying the world or anything else. It's not clear what is going on. It's yeah. totally vague. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't love the end. Um, in fact, one of the questions that I wrote down was, why do so many horror films fall apart at the end? Like, there's so much buildup and suspense and they yeah. get you like all excited and then they're like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, it's the devil's tree problem, they call that. (laughs) Is that what that is? (laughs) I will say, there was a great scene, or a shot. So nine-year-old June is laying on the altar, and they're trying to do the ritual and whatever. They've, like, invoked the, the bright light and the demon and everything, and... June starts to float up off the altar, yeah. and I thought that looked really good. Like I thought they did that well. Well, and there was a lot of good shots, like the like where they just pull up and show big forests and stuff, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. nicely done mm-hmm. cinematography. That's what I'll say for this movie: good cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do actually going way back to what we were doing before. I do have a least favorite line. Oh, um, okay. It was said about four thousand times in this movie. <laughs> And that line is, June. (laughs) Because for some reason, everyone who interacted with this girl would say her name constantly. (laughs) She's sitting there at her new family's house. And, you know, she's like trying to eat her dinner or whatever. And the mom is all, June, what do you think? June, how are you doing? June. And her dad's like, June, you don't have to listen to her. She's being obnoxious. June. (laughs) Stop. Yeah. We know the name of the movie. Yeah. That's a thing that writers do sometimes. Like new, less experienced writers will put people's names in a lot of places. Like they use their names yeah. all the time. That would be helpful for me. Well, I mean, it <laughs> helps to use them occasionally. But really, when you listen to people talking, the number of times they actually use somebody's name is way less than yeah. we think it is. Well, it was definitely a kid thing. Like, you know, they were trying to be really interactive with mm. this new kid. And so they're like... June, hey. June, June, June. I couldn't stand it. Yeah. That was my least favorite. I imagine she liked it better than the kids in the redneck house chanting, your parents are dead, your <laughs> yeah. parents are dead. Maybe that's my favorite Over line. and over and over again while the parents watched. I know. Just for what, uh, again, we don't know the real time, but what felt like hours just <laughs> sitting in really front of the TV time. chanting that around her. Yep. What like literally in a family. circle pointing at her <laughs> while the parents are sitting on the couch and on their chair watching TV. Good I mean, at the very too. least, you'd think they would have been like, keep it down, you guys. We're trying to watch something. Yeah. No, they were fine with it. Yeah. You know, kids can be kids. Ooh.
Is it me? Yes. Let's hear what your ratings are for this movie. Ah, so I'm up first. Um, I'm going to rate out of five, I think, because I feel like since we patented that system, I'm going to have to go with it and not use a different system. It would be like changing horse midstream. I'm not going to rate in horses, though, as much as that tempts me. <laughs> so this movie was, in my opinion, and I'm afraid we're going to have might have a split on this movie a little bit. Mm. So that scares me. This could be a rift in our little family here. But be four days into our, our 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 four days in, and I'm gonna kick you out. Yeah, I'll be kicked out, <laughs> and you'll have to raise this podcast by yourself. <laughs> but I'm going to give it. Well, before I say that, my point the 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 issue is this movie was the least fun of all the movies we've seen so far. I enjoyed it the least. I was bored. I didn't want to keep watching it, but I did. And I was just like, bleh. So, I am giving this movie a 1.5 out of 5. I'm giving it a little extra for the cinematography. And it, it was it was a quality movie in general movie making terms. Even if not in terms of writing or directing or whatever. It was, any of the other things that make a movie good yes in any way that could make it good it was not good but it looked good that's kind of how i feel about that movie hmm. so one out of five 1.5 oh, 1. i gave it the extra point out of five, five what oh i'm sorry i'm using our patented out of five system so i'm giving it 1.5 out of five landlines because this movie used landlines <laughs> that's a good reason that's an excellent reason how did you rate it i'm sad because i specifically said that i wanted to find something that was good <laughs> and that i would enjoy watching and that i could give a high rating to uh-huh. because we've had so many low scores already this month it's hard though um this movie did not meet that goal for me it i yeah it was boring I take notes throughout these whole movies because normally when I watch movies, I get distracted and I like start knitting or I start looking at my yeah. phone or whatever and then I, the movie's over and I'm like, oh, what happened? So I make myself take very elaborate notes. Yeah. So I stayed engaged, but when I look at my notes, I'm like, it's not even anything I want to talk about. It's just stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that doesn't bode well for it. I feel like... I'm going to give it a two. All right. Because I didn't hate, hate it. I think I like to reserve my ones for hate, hate. Okay. Um, But I wouldn't watch it again. And I'm not sure that I would really, like, encourage other people to watch it. Oh, I would not. Like, some movies are so terrible. I'm like, oh, you have to see yeah. this movie. This one is not like that. No, it's very bland. It's disappointing. Not a fun one for me. As sad as we are to see this one go, we're going to have to head out for our next movie, which we will tell you all about tomorrow when we catch you on the flippity floppity. Is it flippity floppity? Yeah, it is. Because that's what, that's like, that's something rappers say. Oh, rappers that's you from being the hood. Street. Yeah, I'm super street. So yeah. flippity floppity.
You know, like, like rappers say. Gangster rappers. Oh, sweetie. <laughs> You're cute.